Hello, world, and welcome to Golf Subpar. I am Drew Stoltz. My man, Colt Nose, not with us here today for the intro portion of the show. We'll be here for the interview. He is actually up in Las Vegas right now. Talked to him last night, flipping some cards. He's going to play a little golf today, so he's in good spirits. He is safe. Nothing to worry about there. But I'll be handling the beginning portion of this show today. And maybe while Colt is up in Las Vegas, he could swing by the ninth green at the Wynn Golf Club because... I think Bryson left his soul on that green earlier this past week. That was the main thing that happened in golf this week. No official tournament, no events being played. It was the match with Bryson and Brooks. A lot of anticipation leading up to it. A lot of talk back and forth. Bryson did some interviews leading up to the week. Had some things to say. And then the golf started. And it was pretty much a about as lopsided as you can get for a 12-hole match. It ended up finishing on the ninth green. I know they had lights set up there later on the back nine case the thing went to extra innings if they had to play extra holes they're going to do a whole thing and it was over about as quickly as it started so there's a lot of people talking about this this match did it work did it not work this is the first time we've really had like a feud in golf or two guys who openly don't get along with one another are teeing it up and you know they banter back and forth on twitter they do it in the media and then all of a sudden they got in the same place at the same time and neither of them really had a lot to say as far as i could tell there were little things here and there basically it was phil mickelson trying to stir the pot Charles was chiming in. We need more Charles, in fact. I think I would watch the World Badminton Championships if Charles Barkley was calling it. He is a, he is a national treasure. We need more of him. But it's, in terms of these two, they got out on the course. Wasn't a whole lot. I don't know that this thing really went off the way that we had all anticipated or had hoped. I think it kind of went about the way I expected. Got a couple little things here and there. It's just a big ask, in my opinion, for two guys who aren't used to performing i mean they're golfers people come out and watch them play to mic them up and expect them to be funny the entire way around or to be entertaining or you know i don't know what we expected these two guys to step on the first tee and get in a fist fight it's just not going to happen so it was more or less about what i expected except for the golf didn't go the way i expected both colt and i agreed last week we thought bryson would be the guy at the end of the week you know he'd been in better form brooks really hadn't played that well he's put some new clubs in the bag and we missed on that one of the mini bets actually that i missed on this past weekend but 12-hole match. It's fun. I mean, look, is, is it the best thing in the world? No. Is it something I'm going to watch? Yes. Am I going to watch the next one too, probably? Yep. But I think it just shows two guys out there in this format is a really tough format to mic them up, expect them to go back and forth. This was also the first time Phil Mickelson wasn't involved in the actual playing, and he's pretty much the catalyst for all that. Guys react around Phil, and he's getting people involved. So he was in the booth, so he was still involved, but he wasn't on the golf course. And it's just two guys carrying that thing, even only for nine holes. That thing didn't last very long. It's a tough ask. And I think going forward, if I was going to have any direction on which way this should go, I think you eliminate getting the biggest name golfers you can get and get the golfers that make the most sense for doing this. And there's not a ton of guys that could carry it in my opinion, but I'm thinking guys like get a Max Homa involved, get Harry Higgs, Joel Damon, Kevin Kisner, Pat Perez, some of these guys that'll let it go a little bit. And I think that's more the vibe that we're all looking for. It's just hard to get these guys to do that and not everybody can do it so it ended up being a one-sided beatdown. it didn't last very long it was on the same time as football so if you wanted to check it out you could it's not it's not terrible they don't end these things it just maybe a little tweak here and there but it's off-season golf that's what you're going to get it gives you something to root for gives you something to bet on and another good thing to do during the off-season is use Rapsodo. Rapsodo is a mobile launch monitor that's the only golf launch monitor that provides instant feedback with video replay and an active shot tracker and data overlay. You can store your swings in the app, which allows you to review your swings from different sessions, go back, see if you're making progress, see if you're not. The good thing about Rapsodo right now, especially we're coming into winter, 
If you live in a warm weather place, you can use this thing outdoors. If you live in a cold weather place, it's going to be tough to get out and hit some balls as snow gets on the ground. You can go indoors and use this thing too. And Colt and I have both used this. This app is really, really good because, I mean, you get within 2% accuracy of a you know, a track man or a flight scope or something like that. It gives you all the data you're going to get from those things within 2%. And it doesn't, you don't have to triple mortgage the house to get one of these things. They're very affordable and they give you all the data that you need as you try to improve your golf game. Like I said, I use it. Colt use it. Mark Blackburn, 2020 PGA teacher of the year uses it. So if it's good enough for him, it's good enough for all of us. But if you want to check this out, I really think it's worth your while. You go to rapsodo.com slash subpar. You get $150 off your order and 30 days free of Rapsodo's premium subscription by using promo code subpar. So go out there, check that out. Good Christmas gift as well for anybody that's got some uh, family members or friends that want to improve the golf game. And now it's time to get to our interview for the week. If you don't know this man's name, you definitely are familiar with his content. His name is Travis Miller. He's the creator of PGA Memes, which I'm sure every golfer out there that I know follows this account. It is responsible for millions of hours lost in the workplace each week. It is a great way to procrastinate through the workday if you're sitting in your office. But we get into the story of how this was created, more or less just sitting on his couch and had an idea. Now this thing has turned into a full-fledged business. The PGA Tour is using him to promote things. It's become an actual business that he's left his previous career and just devoted himself completely to PGA means. But he's got a great story. He's a great dude. He takes some jabs where necessary at these guys, which I respect, but we get the full story with him right here. Here he is, Travis Miller. Before we get to the Travis Miller interview, I want to tell you guys about True Turn Pro. I've been using this thing for a while now. Let me tell you why I do it. I'm the type of guy that doesn't get to the golf course super early. Rarely do I get to hit more than two or three balls before I go to the first tee. And pretty much every time I go out there, um, two down through three or three down through four. I got a two and oh, I got a couple presses already happening before I even get loose. And that's why I've started using True Turn Pro this thing is awesome for loosening up before the round. If you don't have time to hit range balls, you can do this at home. You can do this in your office. You can pretty much do it on the phone as you're walking around your house. You get out there, you feel a whole lot better. It's also really good for back pain prevention. So doing this, if you're a guy that tightens up on the back nine and your back starts to hurt and you kind of limp to the house, this thing can help with that as well. It's really, really good for stretching and strengthening your hips and back. I mean, if that's something that pretty much all golfers struggle with at some point in their you know, playing days, this thing is really great for that. I use it mostly for getting ready before the round, but you can use it for a number of other things as well if you just want to fight back pain and prevent back pain from happening later on. It's also super versatile, so you can use it at home, in the gym, on the range. I see guys on tour traveling with this thing. It's really easy uh, to pack. It's lightweight, durable, makes it easy to travel. You can throw it in your bag whenever you want. It doesn't weigh it down. It's not cumbersome or anything like that. This thing is the real deal, and you can get yours at trueturnpro.com. Remember to use our show code here, subpar, code subpar, for 10% off. That's promo code subpar for 10% off at trueturnpro.com. Go there right now and get that back healthy. Get ready for the round, and don't start two down after three like I do. And with that, here's Travis Miller. All right, folks, the man we have with us here today, we all owe him an enormous thank you because he helps all of us procrastinate through our entire work day. He is the creator of the wildly popular Instagram account, PJ Memes, the founder of Five Nine Media, Travis Miller. How are we doing, brother? I'm doing good, man. How are you guys doing? Great. Good to have you. Very, very excited yeah. for this. This is going to be a lot of fun. Before we get into PGA memes, we got to learn a little bit about you because I think a lot of people were probably wondering, who is the guy behind PGA memes? It's Travis Miller. Tell us a little about you. Where did you get your start in golf? What made you fall in love with the game? 
Man, I uh, so I didn't start golfing until I was in my mid twenties. I was a baseball player, um, played football, and I uh, never played golf. I actually, kind of made fun of the guys in high school that played golf. And I look back now, and I'm like totally regret not getting into the sport earlier. But I started a business with friends when I was really young, and uh, it took me to golf because I had to do some client golf and entertaining. And I was terrible, as you can imagine. I had a pretty wicked slice and everyone was playing for money. And I loved the camaraderie. I loved everything to do about golf and the banter back and forth. And I just got hooked. So I started like self teaching myself. I've really never got a lesson before and you can totally see it in my swing, but I've made it work. And, um, I've got down to about seven and a half index and Definitely can use some yardage off the tee. So I'm going to try to work on that. But I got obsessed with golf. And I honestly like Ricky Fowler's the dude that like got me really into it. A lot of people say Tiger. But when I started seeing Ricky um, charge up the leaderboards in those crazy outfits and the long hair flowing out of the hat, like I was like, who is this fucking guy? I was just like, I love this guy. I wanted to play golf. I wanted to to hang with that guy. And it just got me hooked. So um, and here I am now running a meme page. So yeah, it's pretty crazy it world. What was, what was the dream growing up? Like what, like we all had dreams of what we wanted to be growing up. I mean, yours obviously wasn't being a guy that makes memes of PGA tour players. What was Travis Miller's sure. dream as a young kid? Man, so I was throwing like high nineties when I was like a freshman and sophomore in high school. And I still hold most, I, I grew up in Los Angeles, but my dad transferred his job to park city, Utah. So I moved to this small town. And I still today hold most of the state records in baseball in, in Utah. And my dream was just to be a baseball player. I was I was throwing extreme heat, had like four or five pitches as a high school kid, which is pretty rare. And then um, I just didn't have great coaching in high school. So I got overused and wasn't using the right mechanics. And then sure enough, like halfway through my freshman season, I blew out my shoulder Ugh. and just I was smart enough to know like when to hang it up. Like a lot of guys would want to linger on for a few years and and see what they could do. But my arm was was hanging after a couple of innings. So I just I'm like, listen, I'm not going to be if I'm a middle reliever now or a closer now in college. Like, what am I going to be if I go pro? You know, so I'm like, might as well get a start in my life. And I just got into entrepreneurship and business and, you know, rest was history. You're exactly like me, dude. Extreme elite talent and coaches ruined us. Had it all made, dude. We were on our way, the fast track, and the coaches blew it for us. Do you want to shit on your coach? I, know I got a lot of them, dude. The list is too long for me to shit on. We, gotta, we take the rest of the hour. I need to have that dude. conversation over a few drinks or something. But, yeah, it's a it's a shame. And it happens to a lot of people, man. I mean, it's unfortunate. You don't have the right coaching or support, and it could really de- derail a career for sure. Yeah, there's some luck that goes into it as well. But uh, you said you got into entrepreneurship after that, and I know you, you said you started a business with friends prior to PGA Memes. What was that business? What were you doing before all this? So it was was selling home security systems. Um, So I I moved to Utah and like Utah is obviously the Mecca of um, Latter-day Saints, Mormons, and they'll go out and knock doors for two years and preach, you know, the church and all that stuff. And so I I didn't go on a mission or anything like that, but I had all these friends who did and they started selling alarm systems door to door. And it was, they were making incredible money. Like a couple of kids were coming home making like $200,000 over the summer. And I moved out of my house when I was 17 and I didn't have any money. I had like $20 to my name and I got invited to a pizza party to go hear this guy talk about how great, you know, he, how much money he made and how great it was. So I went, all of us signed up to go do it, moved to Chicago and knocked doors. And I was like number one first year sales rep in the company. Um, it was just super shady the way everything was organized. (laughs) And, uh, you know, 
all those types of gimmicky type of sales jobs usually are. But my best friend's father at the time had just retired from Delta Airlines right after 9-11, um, aging myself there a little bit. But he um, he's like, listen, I want to start a business. I want to have it be family oriented. Like Travis, you're not family, but you are um, essentially. He's like, let's do this. So it was like really three or four of us started this alarm company. And we became one of the fastest growing um, authorized dealers for for ADT in the country. So did that for four or five years. And then the company kind of segued to commercial security, which security in general is not fun. It's not sexy. Commercial security is way bad. And I had no interest in doing it at all. And I got recruited onto the corporate side. And that's what moved me to Dallas. I started working for Brinks Home Security and worked there for 10 years. And I was their head of sales and marketing and ran a lot of their their outside sales channels, their dealers. And that's what really got me into golf because I was traveling all the time, you know, whining and dining guys and got to play some of the best courses, you know, in the country, got to meet a lot of great people. And that really kind of pushed me into starting to create some of these Instagram accounts that I run today that are just really for fun, parody, and, you know, just satire stuff. Now the Brinks truck backs up to you. Yeah, that's right. Do you, do you remember <laughs> exactly. where you were or what you were doing when this idea came to you? And what was the first meme you ever did? Yeah. Well, so the first thing that I did was this account Hisslot. Hisslot's mm. a fake rattlesnake. And I um, I like Fuji does a ton of those for me. He pretty much is like a Hisslot ambassador. But he, at the end of the day, um, that started, I didn't even have social media. And we had the snake. We had a friend who did that all the time. And he was quite a bit older than us. He got back surgery. He didn't quite recover like Tiger did. So he pretty much stopped golfing. And uh we we're like, man, we need to bring that back. And so we got a few of those pranks and they were just so funny and just so, so real. And like you were belly laughing for like two or three holes. So I started that account and it went viral instantly. It was on Golf Channel. Um, a couple other outlets picked it up. A lot of like pro uh, football players and basketball players were into it. And I was, I was like, dude, this is pretty fun. It got me hooked on kind of how to run a social media account. But the meme account, I literally was just sitting on my couch on my underwear. I mean, I was, I was living by SMU actually at the time in one of those like high rise apartments by, um, by the mall. And I was, I'm like, I love memes. I like to escape from my day. You know, I was working like 60, 70 hour weeks traveling all the time. So I'd always look at meme pages and, and find a way that like how it would like relate to my life, my relationship, whatever it may be. And I was like, man, there's really no golf meme pages. Like there's a few memes that pop up every now and then and they're really funny, but like there's no golf meme pages. And so I, searched for the name and I, I couldn't believe PJ memes was even available because a lot of a username can make a big difference and it was available. And I just, I tried doing some things to be honest with you guys, the first couple of weeks and it just wasn't it. I was trying to like be someone I wasn't, I was trying to like repurpose or aggregate some other content that was out there. And then finally around the masters when Pat Patrick Reed won at the time, I'm, I didn't dislike Patrick Reed. Like matter of fact, Full transparency. Time. I was Let's that get hazy. that clear. <laughs> yeah, no, I was that hazy. I was like the biggest Patrick Reed, Captain America fanboy. You know, I, I was there when he pulled it from the fairway. I was, you know, cheering him on. But back to what I said earlier, I big Ricky guy, you know, and that was the Masters that got away from Rick. And if it weren't for the flag stick on 17, we'd probably have Ricky in the green jacket, um, you know, and, and the world would probably be a better place right now. Or everyone would be a little bit happier. But you know, Patrick Reed won and it just felt this like dissatisfaction, like overcame, it overcame me. And I, I know it overcame a lot of people in the golf world. You know, they, they wanted to see Ricky win or someone else win. 
And so I just started making jokes about that. And it was like real. It's how I felt. It was going after a guy and, you know, may, he may or may not have deserved it. Um, you know, people have their own opinion, but at the end of the day, people loved that. I was just creating like real feelings, stuff that people are thinking, but won't say, um, and going after players. Cause it's such a, into, like you're playing the sport for yourself. Um, you know, you're, you're not a team, you're not a community like you are like the Cleveland Browns. Um, you're Patrick Reed, you're Smiley Kaufman. So if you go after someone specifically, it's, it could be distaste, distasteful depending on how you do it, but it's like that shock factor and the golf community really loved it. They blew up super fast. And next thing I knew I had like a hundred thousand followers within six weeks. And I was like, all right, I think I'm onto something here. This is more than just a hobby at this point. Is that, is that the moment? Like once you got to about a hundred thousand followers, like, Oh man, this thing could actually turn into something. Yeah. Cause I, you know, for me, like I've done sales and marketing for so long. I, I didn't have any plans on monetizing this at all. When I started, it was just like, this is for fun. And then when it got big enough and like, I started talking to a few folks and some of the pro guys were responding to me and like golf digest did an article on me. I was like, you know, this could be something here. This could become a platform where there could be a lot of fun being had. And I started kind of thinking down the road of how it could be shaped into something bigger and I was fortunate enough that I had a good career. I was making good money and I didn't have to put the cart before the horse. I could really build this out the way I wanted to and uh, have some fun with it along the way. And that's exactly what I did. I mean, I just, I really tried to put this thing together over the last couple of years. And I got to the point where I probably could have quit my job um, earlier, but with COVID, I took advantage of it. Like they, they didn't have me traveling or going to an office. So I was like, well, I might as well just do both still, but uh, this last May, I was faced with the decision of what I needed to do and just chose this. And I've been doing this full time now for the last few months. So you owe all of this success indirectly to Patrick Reed. I do. He's the yes. guy that and launched I, this thing. Yes, absolutely. And I, I, you know, I got to say that I have to say I got to meet him for the first time out at CJ. Mm. Yes, I was. We got to talk about that because it was, yeah, it was uh I was worried about that moment. We need to yeah. hear it. Let's talk about it. We need to it. hear Love that. To hear. Yeah, how, I got to know. how the Because here's the guy you you went after, as you said, and now you get to meet him face to face. Because a lot of people, you know, everybody on Twitter is like, oh, you're a keyboard warrior, all this. You know, talk all mm. people on Twitter. That's just how they are. They hate. They'll never say it to your face. You could you come face to face with Patrick Reed. How'd it go? It went good. I mean, so here's the thing I will say, like, I, people probably think I'm the biggest asshole out there when it comes to some of the stuff I do. I'm really not. I'm a good guy. Like I, I mean, I, some of the stuff I've done, I, I felt bad about for sure. I have crossed the line. Okay. And with him particularly, I've crossed the line a couple of times, but Kessler and I became buddies. Like we'll tech, we have each other's numbers. We'll text back and forth. And I've had some fun with it. When, when Patrick won the, um, the farmers, I made a, a joke about, you know, the, the scene with, Chubbs and, and uh, Happy Gilmore, when he's like apologizing to Chubbs, I put Patrick Reed's face on Chubbs and me on on Happy Gilmore. And it was, you know, they like they appreciated that. They liked that I could make fun of myself a little bit as well. But I hit up Kessler and I was like, hey, I'm out here with CJ. Might as well uh, link up and and meet. And while we're at it, let's uh, let's get your boy out there and let's 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 meet up with Patrick. And he's like, yeah, we can make something like that happen. And I really wasn't looking for it. I wasn't going out of my way to make it happen. Didn't think that it would and I don't know if I wanted to to be honest but I'm off the 18th green filming something real quick for CJ and Matt I think works for 8am 8 8 golf Estrada was walking off the uh the green with a group of guys and he played in the pro-am and he's like Travis what's going on man everyone came over and talked to me and I was like oh who'd you guys play with and they, the whole group laughed 
because it was Patrick Reed and they knew like how much I've, how hard I've gone at him before. And so they all kind of walk away and here comes Kessler and Patrick walking up to me. And I'm, I'm not going to lie. I was like, dude, this is going to be really good or terrible. And he killed me with kindness, man. He, he was so nice. Like he was, he's like, Oh, you're the guy with all the big funny jokes, huh? You know, I'm like, yeah. I was like, I just straight up told him, I was like, listen, man, I, I go, I've definitely gone hard at you harder than anybody. And there's a couple of times I've crossed the line, but um, I started laughing like, but man, you have definitely made my life easy. I was like, there's some stuff you've done that have, has made <laughs> yeah. it really easy. And he, he laughed at that. He goes, no, I understand. He goes, he goes, I'm probably not in the same boat, but he goes, I definitely have made it pretty easy for you, you know? And so he was able to laugh at that and acknowledge that, you know, obviously he's done some dumb shit on the course and off the course, but then, um, it was just funny, just small talk conversation. And then the perfect Patrick Reed moment that I like wish I could have had on camera, but I, I, I'm just feeding him his ego. I'm like, man, missed you out at whistling straights. Like would have been great to have you out there. It was just, it was, it was weird not having Captain America out there at the Ryder cup. You know, he's like, he's like, yeah, he goes, I'm just glad it didn't cost us the cup. You know, um, <laughs> we agree. And we like, I mean, dude, it was like dead serious. And I just sat there. I'm like, Oh my gosh, man. I was like, just, can you just take this as a learning experience you need to shape up and, you know, get, get cool with the players, get cool with the coaches, you know I mean? Cause it's like, if he's not going to earn a spot, it's going to be damn hard for him to get a captain's pick in the future. But oh, that's he, great. he just made it all about himself there. <laughs> I'm glad. Confidence just, through the roof. But Glad it didn't cost it, us the cup. We only set great. a record for yeah. Largest we just barely greased that thing. <laughs> yeah, out I was like, I think we were good. Dude. But dude, Travis, like, I'm surprised. Honestly, the first time you met him, like, I'm gonna tip my cap to Patrick that he didn't come at you and be all angry and like, hey, dude, stop doing this. You're an asshole. That type of stuff. I feel like so he did that to you directly. I feel like if he would do that in the media more, it would help him so much more. Like he was able to laugh it off and be like, oh, you're the guy with the joke, you know. And he kind of laughed it off. If he did that in the media more, it would go so much further for his. PR than the way he kind of handles things right now. I don't know why he doesn't do that if oh. he can do it to you. No, for sure. And that's the thing is I've talked to Kessler about it. He doesn't want to do anything with anyone whatsoever. And this was a private moment. Like I didn't even, <clears throat> there was no pictures or videos taken or anything, but that guy's going to be around for a long time. I mean, he's going to win a lot more tournaments, whether anyone likes it or not. I mean, he's a great player. He's going to win more tournaments, maybe more majors. And it's like, why wouldn't you want to be liked? You know, like, why wouldn't you want to turn the script on some of this stuff? And there's a lot of low hanging fruit things that I think he can do. He's going to have to probably make fun of himself a little bit yeah. before he can get there. And there's a lot of opportunity for that. And that's stuff that like, I've definitely kind of shifted. I don't say I'm soft or anything like that from, from where I was, but I've shifted to where like, it can be a win-win for me and some of these players to do some fun st collaborative stuff together. And I'm doing that now with, with some guys, but like Pat Reed is for sure. One of those guys that, you know, do a little bit of content here and there. And like, I think the golf world would be like, Holy shit, this guy's, you know, willing to make fun of himself, turn the script. And he's got a long career ahead of him. And the guy plays literally every week. So I don't know why he'd want the crowd and the, the gallery just chanting terrible stuff at him. You know, I, yeah. I totally agree. I with think you he on thrives that. on it a little, but he could flip it around so easily, like embracing some of this stuff more than he has in the media. Yeah, no, hundred percent. So yeah, he, uh, I was say one thing that he did, I mean, it's just probably cause he, I think he has a terrible team around him, but so I don't know if this is really giving him credit. It's just like, some guys who go hard at like a meme, it totally backfires on them. You know, it's like, and it fuels me to want to do some more stuff just because it's like, oh, the reaction, even though I may like the person, like Lee Westwood had a terrible rea reaction to a meme a few years ago. And I just, I was, I couldn't even believe that he, he wrote it out. And he just, he's like, I did a meme of Tiger 
like Photoshop between him and Luke Donald. And I was like, wow, at the time it was like 14 majors in one picture. And, you know, just jabbing at the two guys who've been world number one, never won a major. And Lee commented within five minutes. And he's like, real funny coming from a bloke living in his mom's basement with a tiny penis. And oh, like, hit you with the penis. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. You- I was like, I was like, dude, I, so I'm dying <laughs> laughing at this. I'm like, this is insane. And everyone's in the comments is like 50 50 piling on Lee or like piling on me. And I, I don't care either way. I just think it's the funniest. It was the funniest reaction at the time that I'd gotten. And so it, I made a few more jokes about Lee over the course of the next year. And then I got hired to go out to um, Abu Dhabi and do some stuff with the tournament. And Lee was there. And I, I was like, I was nervous to meet the guy, but I was like, I was like, you know, I, it's going to be an awkward encounter. And I, you know, hopefully it goes well. And he's a big fella. <laughs> yeah. And like, you know, I, I mean, I don't know he's not going to do anything, you know, here, like beat my ass or anything. But like at the end of the day, I was like, you know, I wanted to be cool with him and I wanted it to be cool for the event because I know that he was, you know, there working closely with them and as they hired me there. So it went great though. Like we did a little bit. I didn't say who I was, but he knew. And at the end, I, you know, introduced myself as who I was. And he like, he's like, no, I knew who, who you were. He's like, tell your mom, I said, hi, you know, and we laughed it off. <laughs> you say I will. Like, been, and also I have an yeah. enormous penis just so you know, <laughs> yeah, I was like, and you're wrong about the last part. Now. Yeah. But, but yeah, we had a great time together and we've been like, we've been cool since like him and Ian Poulter and some of the guys that at first were, it was, you know, were at each other's throats a little bit with some stuff it's subsided and we've kind of found ways to like work together and have fun. You know, they're not off the table. Like they do something stupid. Of course, they're going to get made fun of, but at the end of the day, I'm not trying to attack these guys personally, you know? Yeah. Who was the first player that reached out, whether it's through a DM, whether it was positively or negatively, who was the first guy that ever sent you a message? First tour player. Uh, GMAC. Really? I'm guessing it was positive. Good or bad. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was good. It was really early on. Like he, he uh, started following and I, I mean, I don't know if there's someone before him, but I th- he was the first person I noticed that followed me that was on the tour. And then, you know, a little interaction back and forth, love what you're doing, keep it up. You know, you're spot on with a lot of stuff that you're saying and doing. And, you know, beyond him, it was really a lot of like the tour wives and girlfriends mm. and some caddies. And they, they still come in to DMs and be like, yeah, like you need to do more on this person or this person's terrible or, you know, oh. giving me the, the, the inside, you know, details and, for the longest time, no one knew who I was. And I didn't do that by design. I didn't care to hide my, my identity. But people started getting more and more curious. Like, well, who are you? Are you someone who's on the road with these guys? Are you a, a swing instructor? Are you a caddy? Are you a player? Like, who are you? And I'm like, no, I'm just this sales executive guy in Dallas. <laughs> you know, that knows no one, you know. Um, and so it was, it was kind of fun. I played along with that for a little bit. And then finally, I got to a certain size i'm like all right well if i want to put this plan together i've got to put a face in front of this thing and and go from there well it's so. working out I, pretty i well. wanted to ask you about that though how many how many people on the slide you have coming in like yo this is the guy you need to get him he deserves it here's a little picture or something or giving you some ammo you got some espionage out there for you oh for sure yeah i mean i, yeah. The, I get hundreds of, of like dms of people like hey here's an idea or you need to do this and i i honestly don't like watching golf like i'm being honest with you guys i don't really like sitting there and just watching the whole tournament um i'll pick it up and and follow i'll follow it on my phone very closely but i'll get stuff sent to me throughout the day and it just quickly inspires me to put something together but there's definitely people who just pile on the usual suspects right and 
I'm trying to steer clear of some of them. I mean, like Smiley, I've just it's like beating a dead horse. And I, I, you know, I don't know, I don't know Smiley personally, but he's definitely come at me pretty hard. Um, not happy with me whatsoever. And like, yeah, but at this point, it's like we're over that. I mean, I don't know when he's going to be back out there. Or, you know, his name always pops up in random tournaments. You know, but I just the joke is dead. Yeah, you know, I'm just gonna I'm gonna let the guy live. So. I'm sure he. I'm sure he appreciates that. Smiley. But, yeah. you know, how does it work for you? Like, are you just maybe sitting at a bar one night or sitting on the couch, and you're like, "Oh, this could absolutely actually work." Do you do you run it by anybody else once you come up with the meme, or you're like, "You know what? I like this. Let's go with it." No, I mean, honestly, it's just me. I mean, I have like a team of people who I'm, I don't have any employees, but I have a team of like six people that are contractors that just do a lot of like the video stuff and editing stuff. When it comes to the meme, like. There's just like your everyday like golf meme that like appeals to the 99% of the golf world. And funny enough, I've found that it appeals a lot to the pros too, or, you know, they play with a lot of shitty golfers too, and they, they get the humor, but it's just like the everyday golf joke, the meme. And then, you know, having like a good balance of stuff that has tour players that are really, you know, that's going on within the event stuff just comes to me and I'll, I'll put it together, but like, I can look at a picture and like, even if it's not even a golf picture and be like, all right, there's 10 ways I can turn that into like a golf meme, you know? And if you have enough stuff in the, in the, you know, the library of content to fire off, cause like I've been traveling a lot and it's just hard to like stay on top of posting. So if you have enough stuff in your arsenal just to keep going, like you're good to go. But a meme page has to post like three to four times a day at least, which is a lot. Yeah. But it's a lot. The, the way they grow, it's, Memes just get shared so many times. Like you might not comment on a meme, but you can throw it in your DMs and share it with like 20 of your buddies and it just spirals out of control. But a good meme of mine can get shared like 150,000 times. Mm -hmm. And so that's why the page has grown so quick is it has a good username. It's got a lot of celebrity following and, you know, if the content's good, you know, and you don't follow it already, like good chance that you're going to at that point. So it's, it's all been, it's all worked out so far to this point. Yeah, and it's a it's a comedy account, and when you're in comedy, like sometimes jokes don't go over, right? And you mentioned earlier, I want to go back to it. You said there are definitely times where I've crossed the line, and I wish I hadn't. Is there one instance that sticks out where like you posted something and then pulled it down because you felt bad or things like that? Something where you're like, oh shit, I might have overstepped the bounds there. Yeah, it was with with Smiley actually, um, and honestly, like I get his point. I don't know that I personally would have been offended by it, but I mean, I, I get his point, and I fully respect it. But I, I found a meme or picture, sorry. And I don't know if I found it or someone sent it to me, but it was, it was, um, his wife reading, I think her, the vows to him at their, on their wedding day. And it was just and I, instantly my mind went to Wolf of wall street when Matthew McConaughey is talking to, to Leo and he's like, Oh, these are rookie numbers. Like you need to step it up, you know, <laughs> pump those numbers so I just up. Put like, yeah, I put like her reading his scorecard, you know, and then I put that joke and I was like, dude, that's hilarious. And you know, given the picture and like that moment for them, obviously is most special moment of their life. And he's already being beat up by me all the time. Now bringing his wife into it. He went into my D and he must've been like 10 natties deep dude. Cause he like, he came firing off into my DMS like pretty late and hard. And I, I honestly, I didn't even think about it from that side of the table. And I, I felt bad. I was like, dude, that's, that was bad. You know, I don't want to be, I can be labeled as like a dick or that was too far, but like, I don't want to be labeled like, that like a complete just asshole it doesn't care and so i you know i took it down i apologized and since then it's just been golf related just players like i try to keep family out of everything you know there was there was like one lucas glover meme that i made that 
at the time thought was really funny, but it was just distasteful, you know, and I, it didn't sit well with some of the people that even I'm friends with, you know, on the tour and stuff. And, you know, you learn from those things and you just get better from it. And I just try to have good, playful fun with, with these guys and not just take it too personal. Yeah. That's know? one thing. I mean, just being out there, like I, I noticed from the guys, like most guys can handle you coming at them. When you get to the family, it's kind of like, eh, let's not just, let's go there. Like that's sacred ground. Yeah. But yeah. let's, let's go to a little, no, I, I, go ahead. No, I said, and I get that. And, you know, I try to, I've, I've learned from that. And I think, uh, you know, people have probably seen that and, you know, Hopefully it didn't offend anybody too much, but yeah, I just got to keep away from the family. One more on this one before we go, like cancel culture right now. Like it's like, you can offend anybody with any joke out there, no matter what. And then they come for your throats and all that. You worried about that at all? Like overstepping the, the line there and saying like, Oh, this is teetering on the edge. Or what if I go too far? Can this thing get shut down in a day? Yeah. I mean, it's definitely a concern. I mean, especially after I quit my job, you know, <laughs> and doing some of this stuff, but like, I've already had a couple things happen to me that, um, were interesting like for one like politics aside i think one of the funniest videos that i've seen was created by scratch which i believe is an entity of pga tour and it was just of donald trump hitting golf balls and all of them were hole in ones and um at phoenix open i think it was just tiger's ball or something and i posted that one year and just said like happy birthday mr president that's all i put and i thought the video was funny um and it was i think it was really funny five six years ago now it's not funny and I, I got so much hate. The PGA tour called me the next day and was asking like what I posted that was racist and all this stuff. And like, it was like, I got, my day was flooded with just dealing with a bunch of stuff. And I was like, all right, I need to think about what I post now because like the, the world's obviously sensitive to certain things and certain people, you know, I gotta, I, I gotta appease a certain group but at the same time. I don't want to change like who I am. So it's, but it's a weird world we live in right now with the internet and then I, I posted something that was um, motivational messages on on tampons. And it was, you know, <laughs> it, like, you can do it, be be strong, you know. And I said, on the meme, I put something that, hey, this is what I hand out to my buddies as a power play, a power move when they're when they're struggling on the course. And, you know, it, overall, it got some good recept. Uh, it was recept received well by men and women. Like, there was a lot of people joking about it. And there was one girl who did not like the joke and I was going to respond to her and I chose not to, but I pinned her comment and I shouldn't have done that, but I pinned her comment, but it created a very big conversation that was not good for her. And I went to sleep. Like I didn't, I didn't pay attention to it. I fell asleep. And then the next morning I woke up and it got really bad mm. for her. And although like, I, I think it's a joke and I thought it was funny. I don't think that the, the way people reacted to her was, was fair whatsoever. And it shouldn't have, and I don't condone it whatsoever, but she like pretty much posted like a full blown press conference and it got picked up by sky sports. And it was like huge over in the UK. And I was like, Oh my gosh. It was like never in a million years would I have thought that this would have led to that, you know? And again, it's like, you learn from how you do stuff. Like, you know, I definitely shouldn't have reacted whatsoever to her comment. Maybe some people say I shouldn't have made the joke, but you know, it's a fine line that you're running, you know, and you're going to upset people. You're never going to make people happy. Everyone happy. No doubt. Well, tampon jokes. Yeah, tampon jokes sensitive, will get you. Sensitive region. Let's, let's go to some positive yeah. positive memes, though. What What are some of your favorite you've done throughout the I mean, you have over 5,000 posts on your Instagram, so there's obviously a lot to choose from. But what are some of your favorites you've done that maybe have gotten the biggest or best response? Oh, man, that's a tough question. Um, 
I know we wrote I down mean, a few of our favorites. Okay. Well, I'd love to hear those. I mean, some of my favorite that are out there, like, man, I had a lot of fun when, when Phil just kind of gave all of his Fs out the window at Shinnecock, I believe at the mm-hmm. US, uh, US Open, made a ton of memes around that. Um, I had a lot of fun with just the Rory memes the other day when he was ripping his shirt. I mean, I was like three or four just kind of spit out really quick. Um, Rory's a fun one. Cause it's like everyone, like Rory's a nice guy and everyone loves Rory, but like, he's also got these funny, there's low hanging fruit opportunities to tease or make fun of him about just not winning the masters and stuff, photoshopping him with the green jacket. Um, but there, I mean, there, there's so many good ones out there. It's like, I go back sometimes and look at stuff I posted two or three years ago and I can just recycle them now. Cause I've got all these new followers and I'm like, dude, that was funny. Like, how did I even come up with that? You know, I could surprise myself with my sick, twisted sense of humor, but yeah, there's, there's tons of good ones out there. And I would say some of my favorite too have been Michelle. Wee. like she reacts very well to these. And I, there was one of a giraffe bending over drinking in the water. And I was, I said like live look at Michelle. Wee putting. It looked like her table. <laughs> top was stance. Literally one of the ones I wrote. Yeah. Yeah. And she, she responded back like laughing and had such a good time with it. And like, instantly i was like i love michelle Wee, and everyone else gravitated towards her too it's just someone that could take a joke had a sense of humor and so you kind of just love to see that oh that she's she's awesome she's one of my favorites i like the one where um the brooks with paulina talking about losing dustin in vegas that was one of my favorites (laughs) (laughs) any of the hangover ones are fantastic when you put the tour players on the hangover guys i love that so much yeah you, you can't go wrong with those ones at all either I would say also too the the Patrick Cantlay rolling into Atlanta one with from his college pitcher with the four girls is that that pitcher is just classic. That's, yeah, you, you don't even have, you don't have, have words for that. Just be like, here's the dude. So I have a story about that one. This is this is wild. So I have I've had a, like I think he's I don't know like his his girlfriend's been really nice. I kind of had some exchange with her at the Ryder Cup. We were handing out some stuff to some of the, the wags out there, and she seemed really nice. But my interactions with him have been swing and misses like i don't i caught him at the worst days possible and even in my career before we had a lot of interactions with celebrities um where we would hire them to come and do stuff with us for like an hour or for a day and you get some people on a bad day so you can't judge them for that moment like you have to understand these guys are real people too but yeah like the first time i met him was at the u.s open at pebble beach and it was literally just me and him and i think he had just won at memorial and I like, congratulated him and he looked at me like I ran over his dog or so. like, it was just very awkward. And I was like, okay, must've been a bad moment. So fast forward, we meet in Abu Dhabi. He was one of the American players that they'd flown out there, him, Bryson and Brooks. And so I did all this content with Brooks and Bryson. It went great. Uh, couldn't have gone better. And then Patrick comes in the room and one of the, the segments we did was called meme vault. And it was just to show like three to five memes that I've done on each of these guys and get their reaction as we look at it, maybe talk about why it was created. And so he was just awkward when he came in uh, from the beginning. And then the first meme I showed him was that one of him with like, like the weekend at Bernie's type of look where he's got all these girls behind him and stuff. And he just stops the thing and he goes, not that one. And I go, okay. He's like, yeah, we're not going to talk about that one. Next one, please. And like, I'm like, okay. And so I go to the next one. I'm like, the, I don't remember what the next one was, but it was like worse. <laughs> I was like, how do I, how do I rebound from this? You know, I was like, so then I like spun it. Like it was the most awkward thing. And like, long story short, we never aired the interview at all. It never saw the light of day. It was really awkward. Oh, so well, maybe they'll be one day with Patrick. Have you seen him since? 
No, no. I mean, he follows PJ memes and like he's a great player. I'm sure we're going to cross paths again, but it was just that was awkward. dude. So so many people like Patrick, like that picture comes up and they love it. You know what I mean? Just kind of leaned into it a little bit. That might go a long way. Just like, yeah, dude, I had a a weekend one time. Who hasn't? Yeah. I mean, obviously, like you have pictures out there from the past. I don't know if it like was worried about upsetting a girl or something. But the other meme I was laughing about is you remember the meme where you can say like, wheels on a shopping cart be like, and it's like three of the same. And then there's one crazy fourth picture. One of them was that, and it was just Patrick stone faced serious, which he is 99% of the time. And then the other wheel was him smiling, which is like this rare occasion. And so I had to spin that way differently because the interview was going sideways. And, you know, I was like, you know, you're so serious all the time and just dialed into your game and, you know, like had to like almost spin it real positive towards him. But it was like, that's, people like that picture of you with those yeah. girls like dude it humanizes you yeah. and it's awesome like look at you dude go you know live your life but he didn't like it so yeah he'll get over it that'd be my profile pick if i had that no thing kidding. I, know, right? <laughs> I also like the one of just because the times we're in now the john rom one if if testing positive was an olympic sport with all michael phelps's medals <laughs> yeah. and michael phelps yeah. even commented on that one yeah he did and actually john sent me a a a voice message through DM and he's like, he's like, Hey, he goes, obviously he's like, it's been crazy times. He's like, you know, thanks for making me laugh. He goes, but dude, you'll never guess who sent me this meme. He goes, Michael Phelps. Yep. That's <laughs> awesome. Like, all right. That's, oh, that's pretty cool. So, but yeah, that guy, he's probably can, I mean, I don't, he's tested positive for COVID like three or four times now. It's insane. He's bulletproof now, dude. Nothing can touch John Rom. <laughs> Ain't nothing getting to him. I want to talk to you a little bit about what you're doing right now your new series home course where you're going out and it, it essentially kind of looks like, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's almost like cribs with PGA tour players. You go to their house, check out their spot, talk to them, interview them, all that. Talk, tell us a little bit about that project. Cause it looks sweet. Yeah. I mean, that's exactly what it is. It's just like how I started this meme stuff was like, I love memes. I wanted to find something that related to like the golf community and humor and um, show some fun with these guys. But then as I built this out, I wanted to create some more content with the players and find ways that I can humanize them and, you know, help them build their personal brands and stuff. There's a couple guys we're working with and with like helping run their social and their marketing uh, directly, which is something like I've done in past lives and want to continue to pursue. But with this show directly, it's like, man, these guys all have so many great homes and great golf complexes at their properties. They've got awesome cars, um, just toys that are crazy. And like, not everyone wants to be too super showy, but at the same time, they don't have this opportunity like some of these other guys do where you only see them on a golf course or being interviewed, you know, after the round. And these guys, I mean, you know, I mean, a lot of them are just awesome guys with really great personalities, great family lives. And um, this was just an opportunity to create some cool content in the golf space and allow them to kind of step out and show all the stuff they've worked for over the years and that they've earned with their all the time spent into their golf careers, which, you know, you guys both know is, is crazy. And not a lot of people give the credit where it's due. They're working their butts off all the time to get better and to win these events. So, you know, it's been really cool. We've shot four so far and they've all gone great. I'm excited to get the series launched. We're going to actually be launching it on the first uh, with Jason Day's episode. I, but, I um, saw the, the clip of Jason Day's and his golf complex, my God. That is ridiculous. Yeah. What's he got? Uh, a golf course in his backyard. It's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, it's insane. <clears throat> so Jason and I, like, we met 
a few years ago. And then he started having me out at his foundation event. And this last year, the first year was COVID. So it was a little bit kind of everyone's at arm's length and it was kind of, you know, just to get it done. This last year, kind of back to normal, he's like, hey, we're inviting some people back to our house. And, um, you know, you should, uh, you guys should come. And so I'm like, dude, absolutely. That's let's, let's go. And he honestly, I've already had this show kind of in my mind of when we we're going to launch it, who we were going to be targeting. And Jason day wasn't one of them. I wasn't going to lie. Like Columbus, Ohio is the last person I thought like, Hey, we should have him on this thing. And so we go there and he's got this golf barn. It's like his man cave, but it's this barn and you go in and it's weight room. He's got this, uh, this green in there that he can shape different uh, undulations on. And, and uh, you've got full swing simulator, you got open bars, trophy case, and then you've got this open, this three doors that just open wide up to a par three. It's 165 yard par three that has a green kind of in the middle of the fairway with uh, nine holes. And you got another chipping green to the right. And then you got your full on green in the back. And then, I mean, you, you saw the video. I mean, he had it overseated. It looked like it was freaking Augusta National. I think it was just unbelievable. So, but yeah, you guys are going to love it. It's honestly, we got some great guests and some great people, but the, the goal behind it was how can we get some content out there that's different? Um, I know it's not, re, you know, recreating the will here. I mean, Cribs has been around for a long time. It's a great show, but it's like nostalgic. All of us love watching it. And so why not do it and bring it to life with some of the people in the golf community and, and have some fun? So, um, we got some great guests and season two is already pretty much locked up with people too, like building their homes and having them being finalized over the winter. So we'll, we'll have some fun with it and I'm excited to see it launch. Has anyone taken you into the master bedroom yet and pointed to the bed and said, this is where the magic happens. Please tell me they somebody say this has done is, that. They say this is the workbench. Okay. The work uh, that's the new phrase. It used to be this is where <laughs> the magic that's, happens. Yeah. yeah that's been used twice so far. And I was like, okay, I never heard that, but that's the new saying. So if you do yeah. cribs, you got to do that. Yeah. Okay. Who, so yeah. who all have you done so far? If you can reveal it, you said Jason Day. Yeah. Yeah. Jason Day. We have um, Mark Leishman. And that one was cool too, because Mark lives your you know ordinary life. He's just your average guy, but he has ownership in a brewery. So it was really cool. We went down the street and checked out his brewery and got to see a lot of that behind the scenes action. So I think people like to see that. We went to we went to uh, Scottsdale and shot Pat Perez's house and just kind of had to do that because his house is just overly wild. I mean, we got he's shy. We literally were there for like 13 hours because we got daytime stuff and then you had to get the nighttime stuff with it being lit up. So that'll be a pretty wild episode. And then we just got done shooting Cam Smith's house yesterday out in uh, Jacksonville. So and then um, we got one guest that's um, waiting to get back here. That's kind of tentative. But Tony Finau is, is going to be our next guest and we're just deciding if we're going to be doing it in Utah or in Scottsdale or he built his new house, but yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun, man. And I think it's going to give the people an opportunity to see these guys in a different light. And I mean, the stuff they have, the homes that they're, they're living in, it's just what everybody would obviously expect, but you know, wants to have themselves. So hopefully they enjoy the content and, you know, my goal too, in this is hopefully these guys all find new fans as well. If this, this content goes well and goes viral, hopefully get a lot of people who, you know, enjoy seeing them off the course and, you know, pick them up as fans moving forward. Yeah. Well, we love what you're thing, doing. Yeah, yeah man. It's, it's been awesome. Go. It's a lot of fun, but we got to get to the emergency nine before we let you go. Nine fun questions to get to know a little more about Travis Miller. All right. Sleaze, you want to start it off? Yeah. First one, this is recurring. You get to live the life one day in the life of any person ever dead or alive. Who do you want to be? Oh man, dead or alive. <sighs> Smiley. 
You respond. <laughs> Change the whole thing. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll go. I'll go Tiger Woods. That's fair. Yeah. A specific day. Probably want to win the Masters. I would assume. Yeah, probably. Right. Yeah. Probably. Got options. Maybe that first. Maybe that first Masters victory that he had. You got options. Yeah, that was a good one. That's a comfortable back nine for you. Cruise that thing in. <laughs> yeah. Well, you you mentioned earlier your hiss a lot. Instagram page you have. Our man Jeff Fujimoto here at 8 a.m. Golf is the king of the hiss a lot. He takes the thing everywhere. If he ever pulls out his camera and you're playing golf with him, immediately look down because he's about to try to prank you. But what's the best video? Yeah. What's one of your favorite videos you've ever seen of the hiss a lot? Um, I would say, I mean, the, the first one that I ever got is still one of my favorites. It was just a friend of mine. But from a celebrity standpoint, the Brock Osweiler one was mm-hmm. just so funny. It's like it was not only his reaction, which was just so like – feminine like he just jumped and screamed and ran but like i want to say that like backstreet boys was playing on the speaker <laughs> on his golf cart which just brought it all together man but that one was so funny and that one kind of helped put it on the map too because it got picked up by espn it got picked up by barstool and the page really blew up from there but that one is just hilarious oh, some good background music will make it even that's better. gonna smoke you out that's <laughs> oh, yeah, even worse than looking like a bitch when the snake scares you which by the way he's done to me like five i'm, I'm over oh, yeah. five i think i watched that page dude and i literally will just giggle it's the same thing over and over and you know what's gonna happen but i just sit there and giggle over and over for long periods of times i'm like that's happened to me and i even know it's coming when i start the round i'm like it's gonna come out today just be you know, be prepared when you rock around the cart. Well, where you guys live, you have to yeah. be, no matter what. Yeah. You have to be. You got to keep your head on a swivel for sure. One yeah. of these days, there's going to be an actual rattler there. Yeah, I'm like, I'll fuck it. off with this. Yeah, and kick it and die, probably. Him and Erlacher, they just, you got to watch. <laughs> yeah, him. dude. Erlacher, I mean, he's got a whole arsenal. Uh, he's, of he's definitely, he's definitely taken the, the baton from Jeff for sure. He's been, he's been getting tons of, for sure for us. It's awesome. Yeah. All right. We're going to do this little part here where it's, it's love or hate. So we're going to list off some tour players. And you're gonna say whether they love you or they hate you. Yeah. Just some fun. My first one was Smiley. We're gonna pass. Yeah, that we already one. know that. Okay, we're that gonna one. pass that one. Uh, and you kind of mentioned this guy earlier, but Ian Poulter. I would say it's starting to become more love. Like, yeah, like uh, you know, we've been uh, we've been working on some stuff, and like I've talked to his team that helps manage some of his stuff, and I think there's mutually beneficial stuff and been willing to help help him as much as I can and kind of we had a talk actually when we met the first time finger in my face um you know <laughs> yeah. let me know how he felt so it was hate for sure and then it just has turned into a friendship over time hate so, turned love that's a real yes. romance I don't know him personally but I feel like he could take a joke he's he can give the needle I feel like if you're gonna be one of those guys you gotta be Dude, able to take it too he gets a bad rap I love Ian Poulter he's I've never been around he's him. greatness I mean I can yeah. see why he would get mad sometimes, obviously. And you like got he, the finger in the face. Did he, he tell you have a little penis? <laughs> he did not. But what's funny uh, is I went back and I'm like, I go, I don't think I've really done anything that bad with Ian. Like, really, the jokes of, um, revolved around his crazy hairstyles and his outfits he used to wear and stuff like that. But I just told him, I'm like, look, Ian, nothing personal. Like, I, I, I think you're a great player. I see you're a good father. You know, you're a good family guy. Um, you're just the Ryder Cup assassin. I'm American. You yeah. just yeah. crush us all the time. So we love to like hate you. We love to like poke fun. And he's like, no, you're taking it personal. That's the Ryder Cup. And, you know, he's like, maybe we'll do something down the road because I'm not going to do an interview with you today. And I'm like, okay. And then here we are a few years later and we're in a better spot. So I love it. Good yeah. spin zone. Well, well done. All right. Let's go. Brooks Kepka. I think. I think we're about like this. I don't think there's uh, 
like Jenna and I are, are cool. Like we'll talk often. We actually talk for like 40 minutes at the Ryder cup Brooks. I'll give him this, like my time spent with him one-on-one and walking inside the ropes with him. I thought he was great. He was super nice to me. He was uh, asking me questions, interested in, in like, he wasn't just about himself. So I think a lot of people, what they think of him from what they see on TV is, is the opposite, at least in my experience. But we don't talk. We don't have a relationship by any means, you know, beyond, beyond that. So I think we're kind of in the middle. Neutral is a good spot to be there, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, a comfortable, comfortable terrain. All right. Other side of that coin, Bryson DeChambeau. <laughs> that, that one's insane. So I think we're we're good. Actually, he followed me again. Um, again. Two, two three <laughs> days back. ago. So I think we're, the stock's trending up. But we were good, too. Like, um I could have gone hard at Bryson, you guys. Like the guy has been easy target. No, he hasn't we done both, anything. Yeah, we both we both work with Puma and Cobra, so I've also been like, hey, um, obviously he's more valuable to them than I am. So like, if I go super hard, the guy could probably make one phone call and be like, dude, stop working with this guy. But um, so I, I've always treaded lightly, and I've you know he's been super nice to me. Like when I went to Abu Dhabi, I walked eighteen holes with them during practice round. Spent a lot of time with with. Uh, him and his, his old caddy, we did an interview. He couldn't have been better, made fun of himself. Like we really enjoyed the, the time doing stuff. He's also done a couple of other side projects with me. And then one day he like blocked me. It was, it was like around the time where Brooks and him were starting this feud. I think I made a joke about, you know, in Zoolander when Ben Stiller throws like, is this a house for ants or whatever? Like I made a joke about that with, with Bryson. And like the next day I'm blocked. And I, Kevin Nas, a buddy of mine, I called Kevin because they were playing in a charity event that week. I don't remember what event it was, but um, I'm like, dude, what's with Bryson? And he, I'm like, you need to give him shit today when you guys are together. And so he unblocks me, but doesn't follow me back. And we've just had this thing for the last year where he's just, I don't know what his deal is. And then one night, like two or three in the morning, he sent me this long thing, how I turned on him and all this. It was, it was weird. I'm like, what are you talking about? You know, but I'm like, Listen, it is what it is. I don't care. And then we were at Top Golf the other night. He was with me in this big group, and we talked. And he's going to be on this home course thing next year when his monstrosity of a house is being built here in, in Grapevine. I think we're going to showcase that. And I don't know, but yeah, it's it's going the right direction. But some of these guys just are super sensitive. And he had a moment last year, I think, where it just I triggered him and went sideways. The roller coaster yeah, of a relationship. Dude, these, are, these are delicate, delicate emotions and egos you're dealing with. You gotta be careful. All right, let's go to the next yeah. question here. Who would be the tour player most likely to invite you out to dinner? Um man, I would say like the guys that are on this 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 first season, I mean all of them have been really great to me. And like, you know, Pat Perez cooked us dinner twice, two nights in a row, was just a gracious host. We because we did a charity round the second day that someone auctioned uh or won an auction to play a round of golf with him and I. But you know, Pat, Jason, Mark, those guys, they're all they've all been great to open the door to for whatever. So I'd have to say probably those three are the top guys. Pretty good. Um, okay. This is what we talked about some of the players you've had interactions with. I want to know the wife or girlfriend you fear the most when you see them walking towards you. I have a feeling I know the answer to this. <laughs> like, oh shit, I'm about to go down. It's a tie. It's a tie. Um, Justine Reed would be one. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I walked. I walked by her actually at CJ, and she didn't know who I was, but I was like, oh, oh man, if she sees me and knows who I. Which I feel like she's the one who has eyes on everything. She definitely hates me. 
And then just Lucas Glover's wife, you know, just because of the joke that I had out there was, was distasteful, but she probably hates me. And I actually saw her at one point and I thought she was staring and burning a hole through me. Um, but it was just all in my head. So I thought she was coming up to me to say something. And I was like, here we go. This is not going to be good. This is not going to be good. And it all was fine. So. Is there is there a tour player? I mean, you, you seem to pretty much interact with everyone. Is there one yet that you're just like, I really don't want to run into this guy in person? Not anymore. Honestly, the guys who I've gone hard at were like Sergio, Ian, Lee. Um, I met all of them that one event and it all went well. Um, Ian took some time, I guess you could say, to get to where we are. And then other than that, there hasn't been anybody where I'm like, hey, I've gone super hard where I'm, you know, Smiley would be interesting, right? Like, I don't know that that because he hasn't rebounded. Like, I think if he rebounded in his career and things were going well for him, it might be something he could just kind of be like, dude, you were just a bump in the road or just a little peasant that was bothering me. But I definitely think I, you know, was in his head. And from what I've heard people say, like, the dude hates my guts. So, you know, that one would be pretty awkward, I think, for sure. But, I, you know, I'd love the opportunity to, you know, meet him and spend some time with him down the road. And maybe that, that will cross that bridge when we get there. Listen, at the end of, of the course. day. Yeah. At the end of the day, we're all having fun out there. You're doing an incredible job. Congrats on all the success. And Travis, we really appreciate you coming on with us. Yeah, thank you, boys. I'm excited to, to join you guys and uh, hopefully be in Phoenix soon. We'll link up. Yes, yes sir. sir. We'll see you for Phoenix Open. Thank you, Trap. All right, that was Travis Miller, creator of PGA Memes. What what a cool story. I mean, here's a guy just sitting in his underwear on the couch, decides to throw out a couple Instagrams, and then bam, fast forward a few years, and this thing is a full-fledged business. I sit on my underwear on my couch a lot, and I've yet to create a life-changing business out of that. So I'm looking forward to that. Also loved hearing about his interactions with the guys that he's gone after. Tip of the cap, actually, to Patrick Reed, who got went up to him and handled it pretty well, he said. I would not have expected that. And then uh, on the other side of that, you got Lee Westwood coming at him online, telling him he has a tiny penis and lives in his mom's basement. So that's when you know you're really getting to dudes when they hit you with comments like that. But Travis Miller, keep up the good work, man. You're making golf fun. I know all the golf fans out there love just bullshitting their way through the workday looking at all of your different memes that was travis miller now we got to get to the FanDuel sports picks of the week but before we do that FanDuel fan fest is coming to scottsdale on december 11th and you can be there for free don't miss your chance to hang out with sports legends and see live performances by griffin and nelly plus the subpar team colt and myself will be on site come and hang out have a little brew, have a little, have a couple pops, win some prizes. We're going to be participating in a bunch of these games that they got out there. They also have a dedicated spot to meet all of you if you show up. All you got to do to get two free tickets, just place a bet of $20 or more on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. That's all you got to do. Just a little 20 burger. If you're new to FanDuel, you sign up now using the pro, promo code SUBPAR. You'll also get a risk-free bet of up to $1,000. That's the FanDuel Fan Fest. It's the hottest party in sports, hottest party in Scottsdale. It's presented by Lion Gates, American Underdog, and all the it all goes down on Saturday, December 11th at Westworld of Scottsdale. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app or visit fanduel.com slash fanfest to get your two free tickets now. 21 and up and present in Arizona. Opt-in required for existing users. Refund for new users is issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires in 14 days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See full terms at fanduel.com slash fanfest. Gambling problem? Probably call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342. So don't miss out on that. Get out to Scottsdale. Let's have ourselves a time this weekend. And now let's get into the bets. 
we missed last week on Bryson. Both Colt and I felt pretty good about that. Turned out to be the worst bet of all time. However, I did give a good, I told you I was a football expert, not a golf guy. Gave you the bills out there, and uh, Colts Cowboys struggled a little bit. But we're getting back to our bread and butter this week. Real golf, real tournament, no official world golf ranking points or anything like that, but just a cool $3.5 up for grabs for 20 guys down at the Hero World Challenge. Not a bad scenario, $3.5 for 20 guys. So we'll give you two picks here, a favorite, and then someone a little further down. So the guy I like this week going off at 11-1, to 1, Victor Hovland. Um, he is playing some really good golf. I think he's going to have a breakout, breakout season contending in major champions. But he won in Mayakoba just recently. That's back-to-back for him down there. He's won in Puerto Rico as well. He clearly likes to play in this, you know, tropical environments with the wind and the Bermuda and the grain and things like that. Ball striking beast. He's in good form. I got to think if I'm putting anybody up there right now uh, against Victor Hovland, I'm leaning towards Victor. So also, I don't know how many of these guys are like grinding and practicing. They get very little off season. So some guys show up in form. Some guys don't. But I think Victor Hovland is in pretty good form the last time I saw him. So he's 11 to 1. My favorite going into the hero. My favorite bet. And then if you want to go down the board a little, you really can't go down the board very far because there's only 20 guys in here. And unless you want Henrik Stinson to win, there's not that many long odds. But I'm going to go all the way down to 18 to 1. And that's Daniel Berger. He's got just a little quick flight over from South Florida. He's a great player in Bermuda uh, in Bermuda grass, grain, great putter. He's played incredible in Memphis. Not only great Bermuda player, but plays great in the wind as well. So, I mean, 18 to 1, like I said, there's not a ton of long odds on this thing. And you're kind of rolling the dice a little bit on... Who's taking a break? Who's showing up there to collect some cash? And who actually wants to go win the golf tournament? But I feel really good about Victor Hovland. Daniel Berger at 18 to 1, too. Like I said, only 20 players this week. So no matter who you take, yeah, you got a pretty decent chance there. But those are the bets of the week here from Subpar. We'll be back next week to our regular scheduled program. Colton Nost will be back in the house. Hope you all have a great week. Happy betting, and we'll see you next time.